a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, Daytona Supercross Wrap-Up. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Each and every one of these shows available on the Pulp MX app, available on iTunes, Stitcher, that kind of stuff. And uh, we'll be here each and every week reviewing the races, talking about what's happening. And, uh, yeah, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, FlyRacing.com, the 2018.5 Kinetic Mesh Gear was launched at Daytona to great success as you'll find out more. Uh, please check them out, flyracing.com, available right now to order from your local dealer, and uh, some real cool colors, some real cool uh, features of this gear, and uh, looked really good at Daytona, so please check that out. Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Seven Deuce Deuce, Benny Bloss, many others, Weston Pike, we're in Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Also Justin Brayton. Justin Brayton, maybe. Justin Brayton as well. Also, Alpine Stars. Uh, Alpine Stars protects the A4 chest protector. is uh, really, really cool. Something that a lot of riders wear underneath their jersey. And the Tech 10 boots, just a couple of things that Alpine Star protects with. Uh, the benchmark boot in motocross, the Tech 10 further advances the innovations that make it the most technical motocross boot ever. And Maxxis Tires. Uh, thank you to Maxis for coming on. Visit Maxxis.com. Uh, the MXST is coming out soon. Jeremy McGrath using uh, Maxis on the cars, on the truck side and the dirt bike side. From your bike to your truck and almost everything in between, Maxis tires will have you hooking up, pulling a whole shot, and beating your competition. Thanks to Fly Racing. Thanks to Alpine Star Protects and Maxis for coming on. Uh, this is Daytona Supercross Wrap-Up. Like I said, I'm Steve Mathis, gentleman on the line, speaking about Justin Brayton. And there'll be a lot of Justin Brayton talk on this podcast. The Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. I am uh, <clears throat> currently in Daytona. I just uh, had a beautiful meal with Jason Wygant. So, uh, yeah, back in my home state, soaking it in. Uh, another another day tomorrow before the real reason I'm here would be the uh, ATV Supercross on Tuesday. So, All right. Yeah, hanging out. Also uh, on the line from... Uh, yeah! 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 You did it! Yeah! You did it! Congratulations! We did it! We did it! And you called it! And you were live! You were calling it! Like... There is only one Supercross per year that I'm actually on the podium that I'd even be trackside in any capacity whatsoever. Otherwise, I'm 500 feet away in the press box. And there it was, unfolding beautifully as if we had planned it this way. And maybe we did. We Ah, Justin Who was Brayden. the very first person there in position to greet him when he first strode to the stage to celebrate his first win ever? That was you. Yep. That was you. And and if you don't think I knew where those TV cameras were, because I do have monitors up there, yeah. I made sure I got 
in the perfect spot to execute the bro hug. It's uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, a lot of work put in by everybody. A lot of effort. A lot of uh, ups and downs. Transfers of powers back and forth at different points. Some, yeah, some, we had to get Barsha out of there. Yeah, we had to get Barsha out of there. Some, some can shout out to Tyler Bowers for landing on Barsha's hand. Some concussions with the BTO team. Uh, you know, some the Moto Concepts ride. It, it's been multiple JGR rides. Multiple JGR rides. It's been something else. And, and Justin Brayton winning a fantastic story. I can't think of anybody that's not happy for him outside of Eli Tomac. And he he earned it. He rode amazing. To win his first race at Daytona is something I'd never think I would ever say. He he won the heat. He's he doesn't like Daytona. And <laughs> he did it. It was uh it was cool, man. It was a real cool moment for the sport and obviously for Justin and for Moto Concepts and everything else, why again. Um your voice, JT, did you check Weege's voice when he crossed the line? Did you have no, I couldn't. I couldn't hear it, but I heard his voice was cracking. It was cracking. It was cracking. He couldn't handle it anymore. He's Justin Brayton wins. <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe it. After ran through my mind, I'm like, I'm about to say the word. Yes. And yes. Justin Brayton wins. Right. These words right. are about to be announced. Right. Right. <laughs> and I mean, like I said, he he had a good practice. He won the heat. Like full full marks for Justin Brayton winning this thing. Um, which, how do you guys feel? Yeah, how do we feel? Yeah. Look, I think everybody knows, uh, besides everyone at this point, Justin's become a, a fan favorite, like anyone does once they start doing well beyond the age of 30. They kind of become like a universal hero. Uh, we've seen it with countless guys. Uh, Tim Ferry, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he was at that status. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Dowd, Kevin Windham, Nick Way, Chad Reed for sure these days. Pretty, pretty much everybody. Pretty much everybody. It's a big Chad Reed guy these days. So, Brayton at this point I think is just respected by everyone, but I, you don't want to forget that one time we used to call Brayton Realtree because he was known for being kind of in the shadows, camouflage, silent, not, not big boisterous personality or anything. That I think we even got him to put quietly as his butt patch. Remember that? Because we would say whatever position he finished, he did it quietly. I don't remember that. But okay. He got quiet. Yeah. It was from the podcast. We got him to get quietly as his butt patch because every week it'd be like he quietly finished. Right. Quietly, quietly. Brayton. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think this reminded everyone of, oh yeah, yeah. Brayton was known as the guy who was not boisterous and outgoing and was so quiet. So for him, for him, I feel like the level of jubilation and excitement and pumpedness was big for him. Yeah. I mean. Other guys celebrate the like 50th win of their career more spectacularly than this. Um, he ended up going to uh, BJ's Brewery right next door to my hotel here with the team to have chicken wings and a cookie. A cookie. <laughs> and I said, any drinks? Nah. Nah, I don't to do that. No. Um, but um, I, he was definitely pumped, you could tell. But I think you're summing it up in the right way. Everyone around him, like, I, I, everybody was just psyched. It was just cool. It, it reminded, and JT and I mentioned this at dinner tonight, when Shorty won in Seattle, these types of wins are just hard for, yeah. no matter what team you're on, yeah, yeah. it's hard to not get caught up yeah. in it. It's, it. it's good to see that you were, you know, sober and lucid for the whole ride, unlike uh, uh, Shorty's super fan, even in Seattle. Yeah, Shorty almost died. Shorty's super fan almost died. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Didn't quite know what was going on, so you had a better yeah. experience. Um, he was in a gutter, I think. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it uh and Tony Berluti, his mechanic, first ever 450 Supercross win for him. He's won everything except for a 450 Supercross win. And what an unlikely combo, you know, to, to do it. It uh, Yeah, that's what makes yeah. this interesting. It's hard to measure. It's big and, like, what's the story here? Just that Brayton just won his first race, full stop, is that the big thing? Or is it the unbelievable, like, waterfall of other things that this unlocks? First win for the team. He's essentially a privateer, really. The team doesn't want me to say that, but it's not a factory ride. Yeah, that's a oldest Supercross winner ever. Yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, we just set reset the record. Like, there's so many other things. Yeah. what's the big thing? Just him winning, or all the things that that winning suddenly unlocks? Yeah, I heard a lot of Ricky Ryan Daytona stuff, and I'm like, ah, it's not quite the same. Brayton's got no. factory suspension on his bike. You know, Honda guys check in with him. They help him out. It's a different world we live in than back then. You know, so yes. it's it's not quite yes. Ricky Ryan in '87, but. Um, you know what, JT? Though, like, first of all, uh, before we get to that, how many times Brayton said it? I can't believe I won Daytona. <laughs> he just kept saying that over and over. I can't believe I won Daytona. <laughs> like, and and I always kept thinking, yeah, we're with you, Justin. We also can't believe that. <laughs> well, I think it was the it was the venue. You know, he's saying no, I know, that, but I think no, it, that's yeah, what it is. it's the it's, yeah to, for him to win that event. It would be the least likely that you would put on the schedule, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like, he wins the Atlanta first main event. You're like, yeah, I mean, he's good. He's a really good sprinter. He's really good starter. Like, that all makes sense. But then you look right. at Daytona, you know, and we would have all kind of looked at each other and chuckled, you know, well, if this had been a week ago. We had him on the Pulp Show on Monday, and he was really honest. And he was talking about what it would take to, to win, you know, a, a main one, a main race, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he was really honest. He said, you know what, honestly, the tracks break down. They get really ruddy. They get choppy. They get square-edged. He's like, and I don't want to push it. I don't push it like I need to. Uh, it's just basically saying he's sketched out, you know, late in the race. And, yep. and and he was really honest. And then I got to Daytona, and Saturday morning, of course, we each talking about Brayton, you know, for, for no reason. That's what he does every Saturday morning, everybody. And, and we just like... He told you that morning, right? Why can't, like, I don't like this place. Like, that morning. Yeah. Uh, no, no, Friday afternoon. Oh, Friday. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was way early on it. Of oh, course. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, he said he didn't even bother to do any type of Daytona special prep riding because rough, sandy, outdoor type stuff, he's so not good at it. That he says it honestly just kills his confidence. Right. Like, I just spend the week pounding my head against the wall saying, like, man, this sucks. And then he gets to the race, and he's just in the dumps. So, yeah, he was that – his expectations were that low. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just going to get this race over with and then move on. But, you know, JT, I was thinking about the plane ride back today as I sat next to a guy with Tourette's. Um, I was thinking, okay, like, a very unlikely win for sure. Or – is it, JT? J- Here's the sense. The LitPro uh, data came up on the screen, and the guys were in the air longer than they were in Atlanta. Okay? The track props to, and we'll get to the track in a second. Track was much better. This is, this is the best Daytona track in years. There were a lot of jumps on a JT. You did have to be technical. Um, you had to land in certain spots, and, and, and those changed throughout the night. Sometimes you would launch three, sometimes you'd launch four. Um, there was, you know, yeah, just a, it took technical skills to do well at this race. So, yes, it's still a surprise, but a small bit of me, JT, says, ah, maybe not because of Justin's skill on a motorcycle and this track. You know what I'm saying? A little bit. Yeah, I still think it's a surprise no matter what. It is, it uh, is. But you know what I'm saying? The track, 
They were. It was different than from normal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had some really good sections, like the uh, the quote unquote supercross style whoops that were yeah. before the mechanics area. He was crushing those things. Yeah. Also, I mean, absolutely killing them. Also, after the mechanics area, that section really doing well right there. Yeah, he's good there uh, too. Um, but really, more than anything, you know, my takeaway from Brayton was he capitalized on the opportunity. He, you know, because just like Shorty in 2012, which is what Weege and I were talking about, uh, these opportunities don't come up very often where there's this perfect storm of opportunity where, you know, because going in, we, we had to think that, okay, maybe Webb, but really it's Marvin Anderson and Eli that you're yeah. one of these guys is probably going to win, right? Yep. And for all of three of those guys to have, you know, individual issues that weren't really related at all, and that opened the door for someone, someone's going to get a chance there. And, you know, for me to even think it was Brayton at that point would be very unlikely. But, damn it, he did. He got the start. He got the good gate next to the box where there were uh, there were some issues, let's just say, with that gate. Um, if you go back and watch, basically the whole shot came from that gate every single time. Uh, guys were claiming they could hear the air release and just basically dumping the clutch. Uh, so there was definitely some things going on there, but um, Brayton did what he had to do. He got got the gate, got the whole shot, and he logged laps that he needed to put in. He made no mistakes. He let Marvin do his thing, and then Marvin took himself out. Unbelievably, and, by the way, that Marvin took himself out twice. That was very, yeah. We need to get yeah. into that for yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> uh, but really, I mean, when the chance was there, Brayton did what he had to do. Yeah. Like, that's really what I took away from it. Is this opportunity came up and. So many people in that spot would have faltered. They would have let Webb catch him. They would have let Tomac catch him. They wouldn't. They would have made big mistakes. They would have fell over. They would have done all these things. But Brayton didn't do that. He responded with poise and composure, and he put in so many 114 lap times in a row where these guys were kind of all over the place, and he got it done. Point well, blank, he got it done when the chance was there. Tomac was catching him pretty good, and it was going to come down to the wire. And then with a two to go. Brayton did a one fifteen or three to go. Brayton did like a one fifteen, and then two to go. Brayton does a one thirteen nine, and 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 Tomac was doing one thirteens. Got into a one twelve even at some point. Um, two of them. Yeah, and and then so I think I think that Brayton getting into the one thirteen broke Tomac a little bit. He was probably tired. He was catching him like crazy. Brayton dumped into that one thirteen with like two to go or three to go, and then I think Bray- Tomac was like, wow. That's uh, that's it, man. My run's done, you know, because they never yeah. really changed after that. And so, full props to Brayton for dropping it by about a second. Um, you know, three to go, and and uh, yeah, you know. that's what Weege and I were, were kind of talking about is how hard it is to, you know, he he does he does two one thirteens at the beginning. Brayton does, and he's in you know he's in the lead, and they're sprinting, and the track's the best it's going to be at the beginning, and then he gets into this one fourteen rhythm. And he does 114s basically the whole way. He did two 115s on lap 12 and 13. But he's got this 114 pace. And for those of you who haven't really, you know, ever lived this racing thing, once you find your lines, he's basically doing the same thing over and over. He's hitting the same line, the same rhythm, the same jumps, the same everything. And uh, in road racing, they call it hitting your marks. But you're basically, you're breaking points the same spot every single lap, and you roll on the throttle every single lap in the same spot. And that's basically what you're trying to do in these main events is find your pace and just execute it over and over and over. And that's what he was able to do. He's putting in these great laps. And then 
at some point he has to see Tomac coming because he's just coming out of nowhere and he's coming, you know, two to three <laughs> seconds to last. He's coming very fast. <laughs> right. And he gets by Webb and there has to be this sinking feeling at some point like, oh my God, he might catch me. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. he might not, he might rip this away from me and I don't know that there's anything I can do to stop this. But that's where I was just so blown away by his composure to drop it back down. And it wasn't a huge drop, but to drop back down into a 113.9 on, with two to go after you've been doing 114s for so long on a track that's deteriorated significantly from the beginning of the race, to be able to pick your pace back up and go faster yeah, again on a worse track when you're tired with that much pressure mentally and physically on you, I mean, it was, uh, it was incredible. I, I was really, really impressed by that. Weech, congratulations Me again, Weech. Congratulations, Weech. I was impressed. I like how he just kept saying, I can't believe I won Daytona. His tw- his Instagram this morning was, I can't believe I won Daytona. It's, and I'm just like, I'm with you, Justin. I'm absolutely with you. I can't believe you won it either. Um, yeah, it unlikely was, in, in so many ways. Like, the, like he, said, he told me last night, he's like, man, if it was St. Louis and good dirt and huge yeah, whoops, yeah, yeah. things that he's known for being good for, but yeah. like Daytona, like what? <laughs> Daytona Supercross, first time in over 30 years or more that Honda didn't sponsor it. And they don't need to. They don't need to. They got Christian Craig and and uh, Brayton to win the heats. Craig led a lap, I think, or two. I don't know. Um, I, thought, I found that really ironic. So, um, all right. So, okay. Uh, congratulations to Brayton and, and MCR, too. How about that turnaround for MCR at Wygant, like where they're at right now? Tony's 50% less crazy. He's on record as saying that. The guys, they like him. You know, they've got Honda support. Yeah, good job for those guys. Mike Genova, David Villeman had a good had a good uh, tweet last night. He said, you know, Mike Genova spent millions of dollars to get that win, and thank God we got a guy like Mike Genova in the sport. They have had some upside downs, ups and downs as well. Congratulations to those guys. Well, it's kind of fitting that it ends up being Brayton getting this breakthrough for them that they'll never forget. I mean, it really was Brayton that changed the whole look of that team because Brayton had been on factory teams before. He went over there, and it was like all last year, it was like every week a quiz of like, is it crazy? Are they nuts? And it was like, no, no, Tony's good. Tony's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I feel like that really turned the whole industry's um, yeah. feelings toward MCR around. Now, we, we didn't get any data out of Jake Weimer, who's on the team now, but I'm, you can be sure that Weimer would not have gone over there if a guy similar to him like Brayton wasn't over there saying, yeah, this is fine. And then it also, I think, proved to Tony, like, yeah, life is different when I'm no longer the team manager for yeah. my son. And it's pretty much locked in now. We are going to five or ten years from now at this point Tony Lessie is going to be thought of as just a team manager in the pits. Oh, I don't and, know uh, about that. <laughs> JT, is that, are you willing to go there? Uh, <laughs> depends on how long he's around. If he's around 10 or 15 more years, yeah, because the, some of the, a lot of those people will forget. Uh, people don't forget. I feel like now like super I, bad. Look, our people weren't time, around. Like, the young people won't even have yeah. been around. Like super bad. People don't forget. <laughs> I, I feel like with Tony, any single time, like – if, you're, if I'm writing a sentence and I said, spoke to uh, Montreal Kawasaki team manager Dan Fahey, that's what you write, every team manager. But when, it, when you have to say, spoke to MCR team manager Tony Alessi, you have to put in parentheses, yes, that Tony Alessi. <laughs> like, you can't just, like, throw the name out there, like, yeah. pretending we don't know who this is. But this is going to fade 
quickly. Like, there wasn't any drama last year. Now the team's got even better this year. They have Honda support. They've now won a race. You have a veteran guy like Brayton, a veteran guy like Weimer saying, nope, not crazy. Everything's fine. It's going to change in a hurry, or maybe it already has changed. Yeah, no doubt that Tony is, when people want to reference Crazy Mini Dads, the first name they use as reference is, okay, Tony. Yeah, no, I I, I use that word, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's still out there. I put a picture of my kid riding an electric, he's three years old, mini bike, two weeks ago on Instagram, and there were three comments saying, good job, Tony. It's out there. (laughs) Right, right. But it is changing rapidly uh, because of this. And it kind of works that Brayton is the guy that also got him over this hump because he really was the guy, I think, that changed the whole rep because he went over there and said, yeah, it's actually been okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched Tomac. I rewatched Tomac's crash here right before this, the podcast, and I don't. I still don't know JT. Look, what, it, that's got to be so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, he just like, that's, he he got was, in a hurry, grabbed a handful. Yeah, I got a. I was walking the dogs this morning. I got a phone call. I'm not gonna not gonna name any names, but he's got a lot of Supercross championships for Kawasaki over the years. He's retired oh. now. A phone call? Yeah, a phone not a call. text. No a phone call. Wow. He he wanted to talk about Eli Tomac. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and he just said, "What's wrong with him?" And I mean, I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. You, you you were a better rider than I ever was. I'm like, and, and he's just like, I can't believe this guy. I can't believe it. And I'm like, I know. Like, it's so odd to see him make these mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's. It's not the first time we've seen this. No, no, no. Yeah, just another one. Add it to the list. Yeah, right. to me, at some point, when you continue to do the same things over and over and over, that's who you are. So yeah, I, I think at some point we're just going to have to realize that's who Eli is. And, you know, I'm not saying I, completely unrelated, but Stu is who Stu was. Stu yeah. was the fastest guy all the time, and Stu crashed a lot, you know, and yeah. Eli's not out of control but, but, the way I think Stu yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, there are different types of crashes. Yeah. 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 But you're still, like, you're, at some point, you are what you do, this, and this seems to be what Eli does. He was so fast at times when he got up. He was so fast. Oh, it, unbelievable. It was, it was unbelievable. But Yeah, that's what I was talking to Benny Boss after the race, and you're talking about consistency and, and Benny's still learning. Like he's young and he's sorting these things out and he's jumping in with the big boys early and, you know, he's racing these legend guys with a, without a lot of experience. And, you know, we were talking about Tomac and he's like, what is, what, what's the deal? Like, you know, he passed me and I was like, oh, well, he's not going to do very good tonight. And then two turns later, I couldn't see him anymore. Yeah. And he's like, what is, how, what's wrong with that? I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's, part of the deal like the fastest guy doesn't always win you yeah. know a, a race like daytona demands consistency and you can't make a big mistake and you have to log a lot of consistent laps um and eli was fantastic but yeah i mean he's he's got this pattern now where he's putting himself in bad spots and he can go incredibly fast but sometimes you know it's not going to be like salt lake every time where you can just make up the dis- the mm-hmm. difference and win Sometimes you're going to come up a little short, and other times it's going to cost you the race completely. I was telling this rider that maybe we had such a run of Dunge, Villapoto, um, Chad, was Chad, MC, RC. We had such a run of guys who could just limit the damage and, and just be robots that maybe these guys just aren't that way. Like Anderson's had a fantastic year. That's the first time he finished worse than fourth last night. Um, but 
you know, Marv threw it away and Eli threw it away and, and certainly Marv threw it away in Houston and Eli's done that a bunch and and of course Roxon, like the jury's out on Roxon if he'll if he'll ever get back. Like maybe we're just in this new era, Wygant, of like early nineties parody. And it's really weird. But maybe we're just in this era. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's possible. I used to get really frustrated when McGrath was winning all the time. And, uh, you know, Emig was often the guy that finished second to him. They'd be like, poor Emig, you know, I think he's just a victim of born in the wrong uh, era. You know, if he had been born earlier or, or later, he wouldn't have to race McGrath. And I'm like, I don't know, man. There's pretty much always a dominant guy. Cause, and, and that turned out to be true because then Carmichael came along. It yeah. wouldn't have been any easier yeah. if Emig was five years younger. Um, so to me, there ends up always being a guy that can just figure it out. This is really bizarre. I mean, now we've got to go back almost, what, 30 years to find when this wasn't the case? Yeah, early 90s. St- um, Stanton, Stanton era, I would say, was the last era we had. Yeah, yeah, where Stanton could win a handful of races a year and everybody else would blow up and yeah. by, just by getting third and fourth yeah. a lot. Uh, that was good enough, yeah. which was awesome for him. I don't know. I, are we on the verge here? Are we? Are we about to be able to say... No, Brayton, gonna, Eli? Brayton is not going to rip off a bunch of wins, if that's what you were saying. If that's what you were getting. No, no, no. no I, yeah, I think so. Once you win the first, man, he just needed that breakthrough. You know, confidence. MC, 93 Anaheim, he got it, and then he went he on a remarkable 72-race yep. win. Like, I mean, yes. is that what you're getting at? I think it's coming. Yep, I, I think uh, even the championship not out of reach. Right, right. He's third. We in the are third in the points. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. No, Eli going to Eli? Is, is that where we're at? Eli's going to Eli? I'm not ready to do that. I, I think only okay. that only goes to Chiz is going to Chiz, Jerry's going to Jerry, Marty's going to Marty. We're approaching it though. He keeps <laughs> it up. He's not the going to be long. Um, Marvin fell apart, and that I would have bet a lot of money on Marvin winning Daytona when he got by Brayton, and uh, I would have been like, yeah, okay, all right, you know, look, check Tomac crash, check Anderson's way back, check, check, check. Marvin's got this, and. A couple of really weird mistakes, JT, like by Marv. I don't know of anyone who has, you know, this is their primary sport they watch other than you in hockey, uh, that didn't think that this race was over and Marvin was going to be your 2018 Daytona Supercross winner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have bet oh, yeah. scary amounts of money that Marvin was going to win that race. And I don't know if it was the tear-off. There was definitely a tear-off situation going on with his hand because he crashed twice in one lap trying to get the tear-off off. <laughs> but I do know that he looped out and crashed for Marvin. That was an incredibly weird crash. That doesn't yeah, happen. No. Flying in the mechanics area? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so that leads me to believe there was the tear-off. You know, that was a big reason he crashed, whether it was mental, him looking at the tear-off, thinking about the tear-off and not paying attention to what he's doing or if it actually got in the way of him holding on or what. I don't know. But for him to crash twice in one lap was seemingly no pressure because I, when you're racing, you're you're acutely aware of what's going on around you. And for him, he was able to catch up to Justin. He passed Christian Craig, and he knows who's behind him, and there was really no one. You know, he he had a pretty good gap. There were no immediate threats like, you know, Anderson Tomac level guys that were anywhere near him. So he's got to be. He's, he knows better than we do. Like, hey, this is this should be mine here. Like, this should be an easy one. Honestly, they should be an easy one because Brayton had already gapped everybody. He'd moved through Craig, and this should be on lap four. He makes a move. This should be done. And for him to toss it away like that, so uncharacteristically, 
when he needs that. He he surely didn't know where Anderson was. He didn't know Anderson was having all kinds of issues. But he needs to make up points. And for him to look back on it now, I heard he was really upset after the race. Um, and, and I don't blame him. And that was a really, really big missed opportunity there. Oh, for on sure. On a lot of levels. Yeah, no, second of the points. Could have made up a ton of points. He, yep. um, <clears throat> yeah, it was very, very strange for, for Marv to do that. Had to be the tear off, though, right? I, mean, I, I don't I, know what else it could be. Uh, how do you get so rattled with a tear off stuck on your finger? I mean, has that ever happened to you, JT? Have you ever had that happen? I mean, I've had a tear off <laughs> stuck, but I mean, how would it rattle I've, I've you? Never let Daytona Supercross main yeah, event. Right. You know, it's just weird. Like, I, for if it wasn't Marvin, who's so technically sound and mentally strong, you know, like he's got it, kind of got it together to toss it away twice. And he was especially um, that weird of a crash where he loops out. Like I don't know, man. It it just too coincidental to think it didn't have to, something to do with it. He was the only other guy to get in the two twelves. He was fast. Oh, for sure. Was, that, I mean, that, that's why I say he would he would have won easily. I, I really believe that. Like easily. I'm not. I'm. I'm not even talking like. I'm saying like ten seconds of a lead or more. Yeah. Without that second crash, he might have made the box even. You know. So. Yeah, he got up. Yeah. He was still fourth. Yeah, um, with with a crash. So yeah, well, it was, he probably uh, still wins. To be honest with you, there's so many things to talk about from from this Daytona. Let's go on to the track. Um, props to Carmichael, uh, or as Reed says, the JH designed Daytona. Right, Weech? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. said it even in the uh, – this is amazing. So we shoot these videos on Friday afternoon to play on the big screen on a Saturday night. And uh, I guess the guys who were recording them, like I just do the interview and they're recording them, I guess they weren't actually listening to what the riders say. Mm-hmm. So in the interview, he starts saying, well, yeah, I don't really call it the uh, RC design track. I say it's more the JH design track. JH, by the way, is RC's like what – what do you call him? Oh, man, man friend, man, business man, partner? Man friend. Uh, okay, yeah, so – yeah, he's taking shots there, Reed. Yeah, Reed and I think at one point he actually said the track looks less shitty than it has in previous years. <laughs> so we're playing the video 24 hours later yeah. on Saturday night, and I say to the guy, I'm like, so who edits these things? And they're like, what? I'm like, you know where Reed said the track was, isn't as shitty as previous years? They're like, he said that? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh. So they never played so it. I guess they played on the big screen. Oh, it did play. Oh, boy. I, I mean, the interview played, and okay. I said, who edited it? And they're like, no one did. Um, and I'm like, it's playing right now. I don't know. <clears throat> so props to, to RC and JH for a, for a much better track. So all that's good, but it makes me really question the other years that were complete dog shit, and we were told it was to keep the speeds down. We were told there were sprinkler heads to be designed around. That We were told that this was, you know, all kind of the way it had to be. And I guess it's not the way it had to be. So it because, like you well, need to give RC your JH call. I did hear it from J.H. on that, and he said that by no longer having a lap count and instead running a timed main event, that uh, all restrictions are off. They did a lot of work with those crappy inside, inside, inside to add to the lap time. Uh, And now they didn't have to worry about getting a certain length of lap time. But these ended up being pretty long lap times anyway. 18 laps they did. Yeah, they did 18. And I'm looking looking at last year's... (laughs) Tomac last year is running 112s, 111s. He's actually, it's actually quite similar. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it looked a lot different though. It was much more enjoyable. I'll say that. It was a really good track. It was really good. No, no, no. What yeah. I mean is, I, it looked way better, and the track was way better. I'm just saying to say that we didn't have to. We we could change the track because we weren't worried yeah. about the lap time at all. But the, laps the lap the times same. were almost identical. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's... In fact, Tomac, last year and this year, his average lap time is one-tenth of a second different. <laughs> 113.8 so, and 113.7. So, that, so that, that doesn't really hold up, the explanation. No. doesn't really hold up. So none of these... Re- I know but, what you're saying, so, man. All these reasons we've heard, right. none of them are really checking out. Right. So I guess we let bygones be bygones and just keep designing it like this year, because I thought it was good. I thought it was fantastic. You know? So... Yep. Um, yeah, so good job on that. Um, let's go to that heat race with Webb and Tomac. I tried to watch it again, but my DVR only got the, the you know, because it was delayed because of some stupid NASCAR race. Well, I get uh, not even a real NASCAR race. That's where we're at. Like, we, we get delayed for, like, the minor league NASCAR race. Yeah. Right. But anyways. Yep. <clears throat> um, so, Webb, Tomac comes up on Webb. And Webb moves over pretty good on him. Eli goes completely to the other side of the track. They go over the finish. Webb looks like he kicks his rear tire with, from where I was sitting within a foot of his head. It probably wasn't that close, but it looked really close to me. And then Eli puts him down in the next turn and goes down himself. And you could argue that Eli should you know, be better at executing that, but he probably never really had to do that. But um, And then Weege, I wasn't at the press conference, but apparently you you – irritated Eli by asking him about that. Did I really, though? Was he joking, or is he serious? I heard it. I wasn't there, but my source, someone who was there, said he looked pissed. He seemed pissed. He did look pissed. Yeah. Oh, he looked pissed. Okay, so... Yes. Right. Okay, so you didn't hear this from Eli, but... No, yeah. no, no, I heard it no, from... No, any witness in the room would admit that he looked pissed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, um, I didn't... From my vantage point on the stage, I couldn't see a lot of that. Like the cross jumping and the whipping in the face, like I'm when you're when you're on ground level, you can't really tell what's going on in jumps unless they're directly to your left and right, and you can see them. Yeah. Um, like if, unless you're directly in front or behind them, if you're beside them, you can't tell what's going on over jumps. Um, they're over your head, so to speak. So you can't see. You have no depth perception. It's over your so head. I didn't even it's know that Webb had done any of that. It's over your what's head. That? It's over your head, Donnie. Yeah, you're out of yeah, your you element. Um, you don't have depth perception if they're straight in front of you running side yeah. to side. So I didn't know Webb did any of that. So I just thought, oh, man, Eli tried for an aggressive move. It yeah. didn't work out. They both crashed. Ah, oh, craziness. Just craziness. So all I did was say, hey, yeah, I got one more question. Um, that heat race, that was pretty crazy. Just what was your perspective, both yeah. of you guys, on yeah. what happened? And he, and he I said, didn't know there was this level of bad blood. And he said, I knew you were going to ask that or something? He said, or well, you... thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, <clears throat> I thanks mean, for bringing that up. Thanks. Uh, Eli's a good guy. I like Eli, but absolutely you need to bring that up for sure. So, Weed, you hit him with the Chris Farley-style interview of, you remember when you did that? That was crazy. <laughs> this, <Yeah>. It's crazy. <laughs> well, you can you can bet I'll do many Brayton interviews like that now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember? When so, you won Daytona? So, like, he gets third in Indianapolis, and you're like, hey, remember when you won Daytona? And he, <laughs> and he, just, goes, awesome. and he just goes, yeah. That was awesome. And you go, that was great. That was awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> you really should that do awesome. that. You really should do that. That would be, that would be so great. You should lead every Brayton interview with a question about Daytona. Remember when you won Daytona? That was awesome. I, would, I would absolutely do that if it was my guy. And, and then everyone at Feld would hate my guts even more. But I would absolutely okay, do that because yeah. it would be great. Yeah, we, we will do that. Um, anyways, I, I will do that. So, okay, yeah, so I didn't know that I was bringing yeah. up this bad blood. But regardless, I, I didn't have intent to stir it up. I didn't know that there was that was going on. But – yeah, it, dude, it's a press conference. Two guys crashed into each other in a race. JT, it's what, gonna get asked. What'd you make of the whole like, the whole moves, JT, from Webb to to Tomac's move to to everything? 
Uh, oh wait, wait, wait! Webb, Before we, but, uh, Webb or uh, Tomac admitted no, in, in the press yeah, conference. Tomac said, yeah, Tomac yeah. said he cross jumped me, and I took. He's like, I took him out. Okay, I did. I took him out. <laughs> I took him out. And then Webb said, you know what? I did move over on him, and he told me, "Welcome to the 450 class." And I guess Tomac actually did say those words, like not in. Yeah. Figuratively, he yeah. literally said that after yeah. the race. Welcome to the 450 class. Yeah. And I could tell Eli I was a little mad, so that was the last question in the press conference. He came off the stage, and I walked up behind him, and I'm like, hey, man, hey, I didn't know that there was all that bad blood. Like, I just thought it was like an aggressive crash and pass. I didn't know that it was like stirring up all this stuff. And he kind of glanced back at me and just walked away. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, he's not happy. But come on, dude. It's a press conference. That's, you can't expect two guys crashing into each other. It's going to get asked. No, you're a dick. Okay. <laughs> All right, JT, what's JT, your... go ahead. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure, Webb moved over, contrary to uh, one of my friend's beliefs, um, which you can't do. You, you know, we've we made all this, you know, drama uh, with Forkner and Zacho. Did he cross jump? Did he not? But the, the theme of don't cross jump is pretty well received overall like cross jumping is kind of a no-no like if you want to piss somebody off as a racer really quickly and really badly uh yeah cross jump them and where they have no move they're already committed in the air and they have nowhere to go that's going to do it so when webb did that i was like oh wow like heat race uh that's pretty aggressive and i really didn't know they had bad blood already like i just was like wow that was weird like why would he do that and then immediately followed by Tomac's going to try to kill him if he gets a chance to for that. And then uh, the finish line jump came, and they got really close there, and Webb gave him a little more attitude. And then, yeah, whenever I saw Tomac, you know, because you always can see on TV, you can always see a takeout move or a block pass attempt coming way before the rider can see it because you can see the angle that he jumped. You know, like I, I saw the angle that he took landing off the double, entering the turn. I'm like, here we go. He's cutting across the inside. He's not going to leave any room to turn, so contact's inevitable. And, yeah, boom, they both go down. But I could understand it. I'm not saying it was a smart move, right move, when you know, any of that. But I can understand the anger because cross-jumping sucks. It's dangerous. It's unnecessary. Um, you know, and then there was uh, a little more attitude. I didn't uh, – I couldn't really see it very well, but it looked like Cooper kind of stood on his bike or kicked his bike back down. Yeah. Did you see that, Mathis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, at that point, all, all gloves are off, and so... I don't, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, yeah. Eli, Eli went in there for his own... Eli's got to be Eli's gotta be better at that move, doing another spot or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, I don't think, you know, it's so such an enraging move, at, what, at least it was for me. I don't think Eli cared. Like, it's the yeah. heat rate. So, yeah. he knew he was going to get in either way. He's going to go in there, and, and yes, would you like to go in there and Cooper crash and you not? Sure. But... Man, adrenaline and anger are a lethal combo when you're talking about a dirt bike. So um, when you say yeah, when you say they already have beef, I didn't do. No, that. I was saying I didn't know of any beef. No, I don't know either. Yeah, I, it was like out of nowhere. That's why I was so perplexed by Webb doing it. it like I don't know of any problems they've ever had. So where is that kind of coming from? Webb. Again, I didn't. I only saw it live. Webb looked like he drastically moved over. Like, what are you doing? Well, for sure, and that's no. the whole thing is. Cross jumping is like the most egregious thing you can do. Uh, you want to block past somebody, you want to do like that's all. I don't. I don't really condone it, 
but whatever. But cross jumping is one of those things where, like, dude, you can hurt somebody bad, and it's not something that a rider can do much about, like, because they're already in the air. They don't have anywhere to go, and they can't. You can't maneuver midair, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's just one of those things. Where I was like, hey, dude, like, you can do a lot of things, but don't do that because I'm I can, I'm going to get hurt bad here yeah. if things go sideways. And I just didn't see why he would do that. I don't. I didn't know of anything prior to that that would, yeah. other than like I'm just going to make sure this dude doesn't pass me even if it hurts him type deal. But yep. it just seemed weird to me. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, what else? Uh, Christian Craig's doing a good job as a fill-in. Won a heat race. F and A is man. He's yeah. good. Quietly good for the fourth because yeah. he kind of went backwards the whole time. But yeah. that was that was good. At, at one point, I tweeted out that Braden. Webb, Craig, or Pike are going to win their first Supercross tonight <clears throat> because Pike was up there that, that far. But I guess his injuries kind of hurt him the last few weeks or last week. So his shoulder got sore. So he dropped back to six, but good job for Pike. Dino was up there too. He didn't have a great race. And Baggett's not the same guy, JT, uh, this week as, he, as you would think. Daytona is a very good track for him normally. I'm thinking his hand must be not, not that good or, or bothering him. Yeah, he got uh, beat out of the gate by Vince Freezy pretty badly. Like Vince's reaction time is one of, if not the best, in the in the whole sport. And uh, he just beat Blake out of the gate, and then you know Vince moved over on him, which always happens. And then you know he was basically in the back. And then really it was just survival for him. I talked to him a lot after the race, and you know he just he can ride, but the intensity it takes to ride you know the, the strength it takes to ride with that intensity um i just didn't see that he had and he was yeah. hurting after the race and it, it honestly it's not the same injury as last summer but the result is kind of the same where he can ride okay but it's not the same blake that yeah. it is when he's 100 percent. um and uh, jgr guys weren't happy with dino i guess he kind of took malcolm out i didn't really see it so malcolm was up there did you, either one of you guys see it who took him out? I didn't. Dino. Dino took oh, Luki out. No, I did not see that. I yeah. thought they were buddies, too. That's surprising. Yeah, um, I, it was just on Instagram. Dino liked Mookie's post about having a rough Daytona. <laughs> so, yes, I like this. Yeah, you did have a rough Daytona. I don't know. I didn't really see it, but JGR. The ultimate FU. Yeah, J-Bone said that it wasn't, wasn't that cool, I think was the word he used, which huh. you guys can know that I'm saying because that's exactly what J-Bone would say. That's not that cool. Yes. <laughs> right. yes. Everything is in the cool. Right. He has a cool cool scale. Everything's on the cool scale. Right, right. So, yeah. Um, uh, Bradley Taft made the main. Good job for him. I like how on the TV screen, TV broadcast, they said Bradley Taft, first ever 450 Supercross race. It's like he raced last weekend, guys. He literally raced last weekend. He made that? the main. Didn't count. No, but he, 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 he was in the heat race, and they said it was his first race. Well, no, I'm well, sure. If you, if you don't sure make it to the night race, on, you never really raced. I feel like you did, though. I feel like you did race, if you, even though you didn't make it to the night, night race. It's like if a tree tree falls over in the woods. Yeah. No, no, he made it to the night race. He didn't. Oh, oh, wait. We didn't have a night race last week. We had. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was in the daytime. Seven deuce deuce about this. Right, right. That's right. I see what you mean. Um, Carlin Gardner made the 450 main event. Colton Fossati did not, and Carlin Gardner did. So. Fasciati was tr- going for it, though. He, 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 I know he didn't make the main, but I feel like he represented himself as best as he could for not making the main. I feel well, yeah. I mean, he got the last him. spot. That, he, yes, and he was catching them. Down. He came up just short. True. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Just coming up just short, but he did. Well, the announcer. I don't know. Did you hear the announcer? I heard the announcer. That? Yes, he dragged it out. Yeah. It was great. Just uh, yeah, he really pushed that he was just short. Fasciati is. <laughs> 
just short. Okay, it, was, you did it was great. That was fantastic. Um, uh, Colton looked like in every in the heat and the LCQ that he 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 rode like he sucked balls for half of it, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm Colton Fasciati," and then he got on it the last half of the race, but he ran out of time both times. So, um, but good job for Colin Gardner. That's that's the main point. Uh, Tedder's back in. Um, Bowers had to go to the LCQ. He crashed in, crashed in the heat. Mm, Tickle, I didn't really notice much of Brock Tickle. Either one of you guys? Nope. Quiet Did, night. Better than, better than Atlanta. Yeah. yeah no, that's, sure. Yeah, you're right about but that. It wasn't, uh, man, yeah. I really thought Tickle, I had him in fifth in my picks at one point. I don't know, man. Tickle has just not had a good run here when I think expectations have never been higher for Brock. Is that fair to say? Yes. And yeah, it just hasn't hasn't worked out so far. It's not been terrible, right? But he hasn't taken the step forward that I thought many of us uh, were expecting. Um, no, I, I agree. It's with that. Finally, starting to catch. I talked to a veteran guy who actually used to race. It's well respected in the pits, and it was the first time this year that I heard someone say the Yeah, tickle's not any better. If anything, tickle is worse. And uh, I mean. A veteran we, guy. We've got a decent amount to, of data now. We're, we're you, what, 10 races in? Can you rhyme it with somebody? Can you rhyme it with something? Uh, I don't want to do that. Oh, I don't want to do that. Right. I don't, I don't want to frame someone for saying a rider is doing badly. Okay. That, 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 that's very damning in this, in this industry. Okay. Uh, the point is, I think you're going to start to, you know, nine or ten races, I think everybody's like, we'll see, we'll see. You used to say waiting. We're still waiting, right? Yeah. But I think we're getting to the point where you're going to start hearing those whispers more and more like, hey, uh, do, not really working, what we not should, improving. What we should do is dig around the KTM truck, find out if Roger is speaking to him. What okay. level <laughs> What level is Roger speaking to him? Is he, is, he, is he acknowledging his presence still, or is it bad enough where Roger doesn't even say anything to him at all? That's the litmus test, yeah, right? Yeah, we have the one team that has the litmus test. Right, right. Because Roger will write you off if he thinks that you're, if you can't do anything. He will literally yeah. just not yeah. even talk to you. So, uh, yeah. I don't know if Tickle's there yet, but he could be. Um, uh, Anderson crashed in the heat race, crashed in the main event as well. So, he rode good to get seventh. You know, he pretty much did the best job he could. He was kind of uh, a non-factor all night, uh, 18th gate pick. You know, so he almost had to go to the LCQ. So, but again, that's fine. Well, it's fine in the sense that he's still got a big lead. But like JT, like we talked about with Marv, like this was if Marv wins, you know, that's uh, I don't know the whole point schedule anymore, but that's about uh, ten points, I think, maybe more. That yeah, I know Ralph said at one point it was a 13, 13 point swing. Oh, okay, yeah. but it was you know it was all changing yeah. every, every pass. It's yeah, all yeah. dynamic, right? right, right. So yep. But either way, I mean, man, Marvin, regardless, lost a lot of points. And, man, you, he needs to put pressure on Anderson. If you leave this point gap at 30, you know, 40, whatever, yeah. Anderson's not stressing. Like, whatever, yeah. he, can take a, he can take a third or a fourth or a fifth on that night and be like, eh, I'll get him next week. But you start cutting that down and all those start compounding and, you know, that's when the the trouble really starts for Anderson is he can't afford those those iffy nights anymore. And, man, you you can't just, you know, lose opportunities like that if you want to win this title. And they're just – just like it's been all year, they're making it easy for Anderson. And Anderson, even on his worst night, they're making it easy for him. No, that's kind of what this guy was telling me this morning, the ex-Supercross champion. He's just like these guys are just – they're giving it to him. 
<laughs> yep. You know? Um, uh, also, two 450-wise, uh, Chad Reed, I talked to him at the end of the night. He uh, He's feeling good. He likes Daytona. He was happy. He just he just said he couldn't have the results. that He, he thought all the kind of his forward progress he'd been making kind of stopped at Daytona. Um, and he, he's got... He's got some serious issues going on with his suspension right now. He has same person that said they're making it easy for Anderson. He uh, he has KYB uh, internals on WP outer tubes. He has a Showa clevis and Showa shock shaft with a WP shock body. He has all he needs is a touch of Olean's, and he covers all the companies. <laughs> he just needs. A dusting of Olin's parts, and he covers everybody. And maybe some Solva stuff. Maybe Solva stickers. Um, so, I thought it was funny. But he opens up a little bit on Pro Space podcast about that that I did with him. I, I listened to that. Um, first of all, yeah, he's the only guy that, A, would have that crazy idea. B, would share that idea in an interview. Yeah. Uh, and then the interview ends. I really recommend, as much as I hate to do this, I really recommend people go to pulpamax.com and listen to the read interview because it could not have ended more brilliantly. No, yes, it was. It was uh, Talking about the he needs something larger and stiffer. I think is what he says. Yep. And then Ellie walks up and says, "I just walked in here larger and stiffer. We got to go. We got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's great. Yeah, pulpamax.com. That's where the, we get the hard hitting information. JT, what about this Tomac Wagon beef now? Yeah, uh, man, I feel like Weege is the guy that's he's going to go over there relentlessly and sort this out with Tomac until there is no beef anymore. He will never let this beef stand. I mean, he went afterwards and to say, "Hey, you know, I didn't know," and just the cold shoulder. Wow. Yeah, I thought it was in the right for two reasons: a, I didn't know there was a bad blood, and b, it's a press conference. The question is just going to get asked. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I but think JT is correct. Like, I can't live with these things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think above all of it. Um, I remember when Dean 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 didn't like Weege. He was affecting him mentally for weeks. I, I yeah, think, it, I think it, above all that, Eli has to know that question's coming. Period. Has to. You have to no, expect that. Question no, out of dick person. dick move. <laughs> dick move. All right. Uh, um, a, we have a Brayton cookie update. I'm looking on uh, Instagram. And there's a Michael Wesse Instagram picture of the pizuki that Justin Braden had with oh, ice cream. Oh, that's not a cookie. That's 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 not a cookie. A pizuki. That's the real deal. Oh yeah, yeah. Pizuki with ice cream. I'm married to a pizuki. Um, <laughs> hey, so uh, um, also too, my Mike Genova wasn't there. The owner was not there. So bummer. Oh, for, what a letdown. Yeah, bummer for him. But uh, anyways, congrats. Why? Yeah. Hey, you want to talk in tub deep? Yeah, can you imagine? He was hot tub deep. Is he going to get a bullfrog hot tub now? I keep asking him every week, and yeah, he's got to get one, right? No, okay. Yes. Uh -uh. Um, anything else on four fifties <laughs> before we move to two fifties? You know, else? mentioning him getting the hot tub uh, that did run through my mind at one point. Uh, I, do, do we have any clue? If Brayton actually gets paid for this, like is there some sort of bonus? Yes, yeah. And you would think Genova yeah. would hook his guy up. No, he has he has I, a bonus from Honda, yeah. a bonus program from Honda. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's all it's all through Honda. So I I I think through the team maybe also as well. I know Genova's got a pretty unique uh, um, contingency deal yeah. with his guys. For sure, though, he gets Honda bonuses. I asked him about that last week because about his first race win. So, and he said he gets paid for semis and heat races and mains for Honda. Oh yeah, 
Like, you think on the similar level to what factory riders get? This isn't like Red Rider Rewards Visa card. No, I don't, I don't know about that. But he thought that he would get paid like a heat race for his Atlanta win. So. Yeah, okay. What about, well, what about Fly Racing? Like a heat race. What Fly Racing, JT? Does he have yeah. a, would he have a bonus for Fly Racing for a main event win? He would. Oh, wow, fantastic. What a way to debut in the new Fly Racing gear, JT. I was, I was all about it. Trust me. Well, we know you're all about it. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, let's go to commercial and take take two fifties. Or we you, you want to talk about Brighton some more? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to start my own podcast, and I'm just going to talk about this. <laughs> okay, all right. That's it. Every week, we're right. talking about Daytona. <laughs> uh, listen to this commercial from Race Tech folks. Pulpamex18 is the code to save with those guys. Thanks to FlyRacing.com for making this happen. We we'll right back after this commercial break. I've got. Uh, we'll talk two fifties. I got an email to read as well about our uh, review podcast and much more here uh, coming up. Race tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpamex 18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race tech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech. Guys like the Hep Suzuki team and many more in the pits use Race Tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back! Fly Racing, RacerX Podcast, thanks to flyracing.com. 2018 and a half, Kinetic Mesh, out now. Debuted at Daytona. You can wear the same gear that Justin Brayton won in. Looked really good. Uh, thanks to Maxis, also Maxis.com. Uh, MXST is coming out soon. And Alpine Star Protects. Alpine Star uh, Protection Line. Love those guys. And uh, thanks to you guys for listening. All right, 250s. Uh, before we get to Jordan Smith, who won, RJ Hampshire got hurt pretty good. Jimmy Dakotas got hurt pretty good. Colt Nichols got hurt during the week. Ferrandis got hurt in Atlanta. JT, you want to fill in for any of these teams? Oh, McAdoo, yeah, good. McAdoo got good. hurt? Nope. I guess, for reals, Will Hahn might fill, was trying to fill in for his team, the manager, but um, he, he's totally ineligible because he won a title. I, I figured if you sat out a number of years, you'd be all right, but I guess not. Um, anyway, so... Do they don't have a retirement rule? What's that? Like, they don't have a retirement rule? You guys are both talking at the same time. I'm good. I'm good. All right. Never mind. Uh, so, bummer, anyways, for this class. Like, holy shit. That's some serious dudes hurt. You know? But. Um, yeah, bad injuries. Bad injuries. That's, yeah. that's the part that gets me mad. Not the amount of injuries. There's always been a lot. The severity. Yeah. Um, I would think Dakotas and RJ are out for a long time. So. And, and yeah. Nick Nichols outdoors and Ferrandis is really jacked up, so. The, the depth in this class is going away. Now, Now Star needs to get a fill-in. I talked to Wilbur about it. they got to get a fill-in. So They really uh, – Blake Wharton would have been really good, but he just got snatched okay. up by the I, IB Corp guys. So, um, All right, so 250s, uh, J-Mart Road, fantastic. 
Uh, Austin Forkner and Osborne. Osborne rode great. Came from 13th, 14th up to 4th. But Jordan Smith uh, rode well. He won the heat, did he not? He did. Yeah, he yeah. won the heat and uh, grabbed the lead early and took off. Good job for Jordan Smith, uh, Weech. That's your guy. It's also your guy, kind of. Yeah, he was my guy, and then um, he didn't ride well in New Jersey last year. Uh, Osborne came from way back to pass everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had said, I think he might be my guy now. Then Osborne ate everybody up in New Jersey to have the points going into Vegas, and then we did an article on the website last year saying, who do you think will win the title? And I said, well, based on that New Jersey ride, it's pretty obvious Osborne's the best guy, so I think he'll win the title. And then I got a text saying, I thought I was your guy. Um, and I'm like, well, I don't know what to say. You know, he came from, like, way back to pass everybody. Uh, and then and then later on, it uh-huh. was revealed that Jordan had been hurt before the New Jersey round and didn't even ride that week and was just happy to salvage something. And I'm like, well, you got to give me this information. Yeah. Like, I just thought he beat everybody straight up. So we're rebuilding. Yeah, you're working on it. I think it's very guarded. Right. Very guarded. Right, right. Uh, but he did win. And, you know, again, I was the first to greet him on the podium. That's what I do at Daytona. <laughs> what you needed to do is do, like, a little bit of a, like, a, like you, you, you treated it like a professional relationship. You, you needed to do bro hugs and slapping of the hands, and then bring it in tight for the hug. Like that's what, like notable um, uh, camera hoggers, like like say Wes Kane could could have taught you a lot about that. You know those type of people. Well, I mean, I got the hug in with Brayton. Yeah, but, but you didn't. It was more of a quick professional hug and let's move on. But. The, the notable that was, camera yeah, diver that was for guys. Comedy purposes. Yeah. Look, you have to realize in this situation. I've explained this to a hundred people over the last twenty-four hours. This Brayton relationship of mine. I mean, it's merely. This is just podcast fodder, joke, Twitter stuff. Like, yes. we barely hang out. We're not super buds. There's a hundred. If he wins his first race, there's a hundred and fifty people that are more important to him mm-hmm. in this lifetime achievement than me. So yeah, people, I hung uh, in the back. I didn't even ask him for an extra interview in the press conference. I'm yep. like, you got to get back to your team and call your wife and your trainer and other people who are way more important than me. I mean, yeah, we're like, just media guys. It's like we when, don't do much. It's like when Marty won and everyone was crediting me. Oh, wait. Actually, nobody yeah. was. Yeah. Um, you know what, though? This whole podcast is making me wonder. What would have happened? What would have happened if... The big one five, and I'm not talking about Dean Wilson, had gotten it done. Post-mechanic date. Now, if you're his mechanic, yeah. that's fine. Right. If the glory is 100% yours, you, you would have delivered yeah. him the victory. Yeah. But in the Cowie days, when you were just a media guy in the press box, yeah. what would have happened? And there were a few moments where it was fairly close uh, with the play. I don't know. I don't remember any, any close moments. I really don't. Well, I'm just saying he was running up front. Yeah, yeah, running, yeah, yeah. Podium yeah. after podium after right, podium. Right. Had some great seasons. Yeah. I don't know. I would have had to listen to Williamson tell me about how he was a better mechanic than I, and he took <laughs> Timmy to the top, and it would just bug the shit out of me, you know? I don't know. Um, Does Timmy not care at all, or is this for the, for the Timmy and Guy Cooper types who are great, great, great riders and deserve to have won one and didn't? Do these moments make them smile or just? Do they just go and start skipping rocks off the ground and just smashing things? No, Timmy doesn't care about much, huh, JT? Timmy's, Timmy's, uh, his attitude is not like, yeah, he he doesn't care. I guarantee you. <laughs> I think the only one that really bugs him was the Detroit. Yeah, Pontiac. Yeah, yeah, Pontiac um, too. That's the only one. Um, no, yeah, it would have been great. It would have been great. Uh, you know what? That uh, goes back to your point, though, JT. Like, and we said that at dinner tonight. Like. It's pressure enough to try to win your first one, but when you're swearing up with the fact that you're like, it's taken 10 years or 12 years or 15 years to be in this circumstance, and now 
I have to not screw up while Eli Tomac's trying to catch me, or in Timmy's case, Carmichael in Pontiac. I mean, that's got to add – that's a thousand times more pressure. Like, they know this is their chance. And yep. it ain't going to come around again. Oh, really? You're going to bring that up about how Timmy folded? Good. Thanks. It's awesome. It was too loud. I really think, I re- I really think though, that, you know, we, we – I've talked many times about Brayton's schedule and the things he does differently. And um, in the past, I think this year is different, but in the past he has not raced outdoors, gone to Australia. He's won that championship two years in a row now or maybe more. Um, he goes to Europe. He wins a lot in Europe. But I think all of that winning helped him in this scenario. He He's not a newcomer to winning races. Yes, okay, he's never won a Supercross in the USA, but – Winning races is still winning races, and it's definitely a a learned skill, and you learn how to manage races. And I think we saw a little bit of that, a different stage, a different level of, you know, uh, opponent. But he definitely displayed a lot of poise for a first-time winner that can, they usually don't have. Can we stop it with Brayton now? Can we move on? No. I mean, no, can, yeah, I agree with JT, no. Okay, all right, cool. Well, well fuck, fuck, fuck you, 250 guys, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Um, hey, so Smith, Martin, Forkner, and Osborne at different points, JT, I thought we were going to have a battle either for the lead, for third. They were all yo-yoing back and forth. And at different points, I'm like, oh, boy, here it comes. Either here comes Martin on, on um, Smith or here comes uh, Zacho on Forkner. And I, I talked to two of the guys after the race, uh, Martin and Forkner, and they both were like, yeah, just a ton of mistakes. Like it, it just you know you'd make a you'd gain some and then you'd make the mistake and then they'd make the mistake and yeah, it was just kind of one of those races where not a lot happened, but it looked like it had potential. Yeah, I mean Jordan definitely got himself back into this this title talk. I think he's nine points out, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I really left there feeling that Forkner. I don't want to say the big loser because he's he's now tied for the lead and he's landed on the podium and that's not the right term but I feel like he left the most on the table there because he had a decent start and I mean he's been just a ball of fire the last two weekends and I really felt like it was his race to go win you know if he to for this title you're going to have to win races and the way he's been riding and the way he looked in practice and the way he looked just every time he was out there I'm like man this is this is his chance to put some points into Zacho and take the lead at the same time, and he kind of went backwards. You know, he I don't know about position wise, but he didn't he didn't capitalize on the opportunity that he had. If anything, those guys kind of pulled away from him at the front, and you know, Zach was really close to getting him at the end from way back. He was way back, uh, so it was, it was a strange ride because. All I heard about all day was how great Forkner was in practice, and he damn sure was. He was incredible in practice, but he just didn't have it. He didn't seem like he had it in the heat race or in the main event. He didn't have that same level that he showed all day long. He was pushing early. Ooh, he had some close ones, it looked like. He did. Yeah. He did. And I, I totally, and I texted you, Mathis, that he, if he rides like he rode in practice, he will crash in the main event. You can't ride that loose at Daytona typically without crashing. Yeah. And I don't know if he the close calls got in his head or what, but he just he didn't seem to have that same same fire intensity in the main event. And I mean, he did enough. Like I said, he's yeah. tied for the he's tied for the lead, and good for him. But it was just a it was kind of a weird main event by Forkner. Yeah, uh, J-Mart rode well. Uh, we each. 
He was good. I've got to imagine he needed that bad. I mean, yeah. he did get that main event win or whatever we're calling it in Atlanta, yep. um, which is a nice break. But, I mean, dude, he had not had a, a good Supercross race in general in yeah. several yeah. years now. Um, yeah. Probably you got to go back to 2016. So this is big. I think he was bummed because, yeah, he, he, he said on the podium that he – Got close enough where he started thinking about where he could make a move, and then that led to him making some mistakes because he was kind of thinking ahead, and then that kind of ruined it. Just like you said, it really just came down to mistakes. But for him, I think we're back to where you're like, okay, J-Mart's back in contention to think about a guy that can win some of these races, and I think we were at the point where we weren't even thinking that anymore. Um, so at least he's back at that level. That's got to make him pretty happy. Uh, Weed, you talked to somebody at, in the race that said that, you know, Peters is going to Peters? Is that... Was that correct? Yeah, uh, our buddy Paul Parabino said, Jerry's going to Jerry, Chiz going to Chiz, Marty going to Marty. Don't forget, Peter's going to Peters. Yeah. And he did. Yep. Yeah. Peters will just, it doesn't matter what bike he's yep. on or where he starts or what track it is. Did, did you guys? It will be what, between six and eight. Yep. Did you guys see Dakota's crash? It was pretty ugly right before the. Uh, no. Yeah, it was ugly. He went no. right over the bars. Dunk, 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 dunk. Um, uh, Ramir Alves, good job for him. He's a Brazilian? Is that what he is? Good job him ninth hey, he's been in the u.s a while though yeah. i don't know how this yeah. how this deal works remy 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 they go by okay remy. uh heart raft is fast he's fast he is he's also very aware jt of our fantasy issues with him i have no issues with him my issues with him i'm good yeah. i'm i am a. I am i'm not sure how to say his last name i'll go on record as saying that but yeah. i'm a fan yeah He's good, man. I was the one that was bitching the the loudest about the penalty that he was handed in Arlington. That was I'm still it still pisses me off. He's good though, man. He's yeah. he's he's legit. So he's, he is legit. I was yep. talking to uh, a guy in the pits with some fake paint on his shorts. Apparently, this is now what people are wearing. And anyways, he was telling me like, and Weege, maybe you can back this up. Like Cooper and Hartraft, Justin Cooper were basically the same. Either guy was going to get a star ride, and Hartraft tore his knee up. But they were flip a coin. Oh, I didn't know this. It was um, it was a different rider who had the star ride, and then I heard Cooper took it away. Um, so I don't know. Okay. Justin Cooper right. hard to. We don't have much data on Justin Cooper right now because he's hurt as far as a pro. But Justin Cooper went from pretty good to unbelievably good in like a one year what, year yeah. and a half span well so in this that might have been the case at one point but i don't think it was by the end yeah in this span heart raft tore his knee up and didn't ride for eight months or something so look when i see that hmm? that number 114 looking strong <laughs> making an impact it reminds me of a young yes yes Number 114, Justin Brayton, right. who used the 114 lap times. Yeah. Consistently throwing uh, down 114s. Here we go. You know who was also claiming Brayton's win last night, JT? Do you know who, who, who was claiming his win? Mike Genova, Tony Alessi, no, Aaron no, Keogh, no, 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 Fly no. Racing. Gothic. Oh, Gothic was claiming his win, too, by the way. Gothic no, was? No. We, we saw that, Max from Fly. Yeah, he claimed it. You know who was yep. claiming his win? Dan Truman. Oh. Dan was Brayton's what? first ever mechanic. He was. What? That's true. At Steel City, Braden yep. needed a mechanic, and Dan was racing still, and but didn't qualify or didn't wasn't racing that day. And he so he threw on a collared shirt that was like a golf polo shirt because he had to have a collared shirt. So he wore a golf polo shirt and was Braden's mechanic one fourteen on a Yamaha. 
his first ever mechanic. And so, on a Yamaha. Yeah, so Truman is like, we did it. We did it. <laughs> so, so a lot of guys are, are taking this win, are running with this thing. When you're a 15-year pro or whatever, there's a lot of people that have been on board at yeah. some point. And what about Duff? This guy is mechanic for a number of years. Kind of didn't get along with the MCR guys and got clipped, and then they brought in Berluti, and Duff now does his practice bikes and stuff and works for Club MX, but poor Duff. Kevin Zerkowski claiming it as well. You look, you look, you look too. Yulo was Yulo when Brayton crossed checker flag and then he's riding back over to the podium area. Uh-huh. There was like one fan that he like reached over the fence for, and that was Yulo. Oh, yeah. okay. Duff Duff was at another the one. Podium. What's that, JT? Duff was at the podium. Yeah, yeah. No, he should be. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Um. All right. Uh, anything else? Luke Reslin tenth. Luke is now sixth in the points. He will he will pass RJ. Um. Marty is. Marty is beat up, dude. Marty is is beat up right now. I don't know if you sit him or not. You know? What about the points? What about the points? Marty's eighth. No, no, no. I'm saying the total number of points that would render a rider eligible to return. They'll just change that. I don't even know what that is. By the way, the Pro Pro Circuit guys, very aware of, of our... My love for Osborne and, and Weege's love of Osborne and J, like JT, like very aware that Osborne is our guy. I hope it's not, I, hope, I hope this doesn't affect us down the road. <laughs> uh, JT doesn't care, but Weege and I have to no, be I don't care at all. Right, right. But anyway. I, w- I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gee. I'm just telling no, you, Weege. I'm just, it's out there, again. It's out there. Oh, God. Uh, like politics. It may be. It may or may you not just be. Have to be on one side or the other. It may or may not be in uh, number ninety two's vlog this week. Um, oh, from ninety two, I think it's cool. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, that's fine. Uh, all right. Anything else? Two fifty wise. You just want to talk about Brayton some more. The Brayton win obviously was life changing for him and also for me. But my second most emotional moment of the night was watching Jerry gonna Jerry again. Oh, Jerry. He did, he did it. He did it. But, he got up to second in the LCQ and he crashed out. He did it. Jerry and Jerry, bro. Guess who picked Jerry? That was me. No. Oh, yeah. Qualified 14th. I thought that Daytona would be a little different for Jerry. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. You ever um, heard? Are you, uh, are you familiar with Jerry? I know. So... There's a guy, I don't know much about him, but Wilson Fleming? Who knows about Wilson Fleming? I don't. I don't know, yeah. but his name, is, his name is at least 75 years old. So, Corporal Wilson Fleming of the 3rd Infantry, um, he, he uh, is a pulp fantasy player, Weed. You're not going to like this, but so he picks himself every week. And he said on Twitter today, he told me on Twitter today that he picked himself, and then he picked Jerry. And he was third in the LCQ when Jerry went down in front of him. And he said he felt really bad for his team and for Jerry. <laughs> so, he, shades of JT back in the day. Wilson Fleming picked himself, and he, was, he did really well. And then uh, he also picked Jerry and was right behind Jerry when Jerry couldn't hold it together once again. It hurts. Jerry going to Jerry. One of my first interactions ever with JT was him saying that, yes, he plays fantasy and he's racing, and he's not afraid to affect his own results to help the fantasy team. <laughs> and I'm like, this is an unfair advantage. It's insider trading. Yeah, yeah, no. 
Oh, I'm sure. Yep. I'm sure. Many times, JT rode by guys who were just sitting there on the side of the track who happened to he, he happened to pick. You know, and this I remember '09 at uh, Freestone. I was uh, I had like cracked ribs, and if anybody of you, if any of you have ever raced with cracked ribs or had cracked ribs, Steve, I know you have. It hurts. It, it's really painful. And I pulled in. I crashed in the first moto, and I pulled in. And I picked myself in fantasy because I was still a really good pick, and I was like, ah, it's going to hurt, but I'll be all right. And I pulled in, and Dan Truman was my mechanic. and Or, no, he was on our team. Dan wasn't my mechanic, but he's on our team. And Dan basically was like, hey, dude, you can still get fantasy points if you go back out. And I went back out, went out and finished the moto. <laughs> I had to get those fantasy points. <laughs> had to do it. Yep. Uh, my point was more, I think I was asking back then, JT, would you – let other riders pass you if they were on your team and needed the points. That was the insider trading. I feel like you were no, the race like anyone else. I can't let people pass me. I'm I'm too competitive for that. <laughs> Jerry's gonna Jerry though. He is gonna Jerry. Yep. And Weege, I think you called it. Uh, you were announcing it, and you and you said Jerry Robin. There oh. he goes. <laughs> it was tough to keep a straight face. I mean, I just. The poor guy. It just happens over and over. Uh, how yep. did, oh, he's up second in LCQ. He's not going to make the main. Uh, Kevin Kelly and Rocket Rob and yourself are announcing, and you've talked many times about how cool the Daytona Speedway people are. So Yeah, they are by far, the uh, out of all the people I've ever worked for, they are the easiest and nicest staff I've ever worked for, hands down. Which you would think, from other experiences at the Speedway, they would not be. Well, yeah, not only the uh, – and we probably need to get into this before the show's over. Um, yes, lots of security, lots of fencing, lots of passes, lots of difficulties at Daytona. But just in general, like, this is the same crew that runs the Daytona 500 in some massive, massive, massive events. So, yeah, you would think by that they'd be, like, yeah, hard yeah, ass, but like you've never seen before. But uh, absolutely not. No, it's, We showed up for a meeting at 10. The meeting was done at 10.15. And they said, all right, we'll see you guys at 6 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Eight hours. I got eight hours off. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. No, it was good. You guys did a good job. I, I thought you, well, all three of you guys were really good. So it was funny and, you know. I nah, you, my voice cracked, though. I mean. Oh, it did. It did. Yeah. It um, did. What about this gate, too? These people here in this gate. I got a video of Cooper in the main event, and he was just going, dude. He was just dropping his gate. They got to fix that next year. Hopefully they know about it. And they tried to muffle it, I guess, but they can't be doing that. Like, JT, you brought it up earlier. The guy's on each side yeah. of the box. Like, they gotta, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. You know, for high level multi million dollar race on the line. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Uh. More Feld uh, than ever before. Start gates and Supercross. Uh, uh. The Twitter account for official Supercross was tweeting, you know, updates and Feld guys were there and and they had dig dugs with helmets on. I don't know if they were the official dig dugs, but they were dig dugs. It's it's, it's it was more of a Feld race than, than maybe, maybe ever before. So. Just little things. Yeah, like yeah, that. I think yeah. that's true. Right. I don't know if it's a full-on right. partnership, right. but it's definitely more involved. I mean, it used to just feel like a totally different event. Um, yep. I think maybe Feld that means eventually they're going to go. Go ahead. Hmm? No, I was going to say Feld's officially involved now. Where yeah. there's always yeah. yeah, kind of a zone its own lone wolf race. They're yeah. definitely officially involved now. So yep. on financially, they're invested in it, and it's more of the series than it's ever been in my opinion yeah no for sure you could tell this year i think i made my return to daytona and was probably waiting to try to get a pass to breathe the same air as uh as in certain places i uh, i wasn't sure what was going on but i have to say why is it andrew was the pr guy andrew yep andrew nice guy i don't know how you 
I don't know how you framed myself to him. I have a feeling why again you framed it like, look, there's this jerk off that that like doesn't like Daytona, and and he's here. He's coming to his first one in three years, and, and this guy's an idiot. He'll just complain nonstop. But so Andrew, can you help this idiot out and just get him, you know, somewhere to watch because he couldn't have been more accommodating. Drove us to the he, myself and Kyle were in a press box, the only two. In a massive press box on the speedway size. And uh, TVs were on. He was making sure TVs were on. He's like, how's the volume? Is the volume of the, the thing good? Do you need anything else? Like, he was really he was really nice. So, I mean, it was a little high, a little far, you know, but, yeah. But let's be real for a second. The amount of complaining that you were doing before you even got to the track was unbelievable. No, it's not. It's not unbelievable what I was having to go through. It was unbelievable. No. No, not at all. Yeah. It was just, I'm simply trying to cover a race. I'm just there to work a race. That, that's all. A man is just trying to go to a race to provide coverage for fans. That's all. Why does it got to be so hard? Why again? We went to the top of the roof. We didn't have a pass. We, 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 the guy let us stay there, but he was not happy. We went down to a level to watch. We didn't have a pass. We had to leave. We went to the press box before the actual thing. We didn't have a pass. Like, you had no pass no pass to, to breathe air in certain spots. You weren't allowed to go anywhere. Like, this is my whole thing with Daytona. Like, why do they make it so hard? But, yeah, Andrew. It must be, there must be 15 tiers of passes. Andrew? was really nice. He, he, he was very helpful. He made my Daytona experience the first time I've been there in two or three years. You know? But, you, you, you know, you pull up. You, you get your credentials from the credential office. You pull up. You're trying to say, where's media parking? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what, you, what pass you have. You're driving around a speedway. You can't find it. There's, there's nothing going on. There's nowhere to go. You try to pull this guy. Uh, guard runs out. Like, it's just... It's so hard, and I can't believe either one of you don't agree with me on that. You know it is. You're just, you're just not. Um, there, I, I think there are some unique challenges because you're dealing with completely different crews and an amateur event and a lot of people, you know, an ATV event. There's a lot of different people with a lot of different passes, so that's always challenging when, you know, these people are thrust into one event per year with all of these different scenarios of different people that they have no idea where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do. So I don't envy that task at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I I can understand both sides. I can understand their challenges. And I can understand but, your frustration with it not being the same as normal. I, I mean, I'm pointing out my passes saying, where, 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 where can I go? And people were clueless. I don't know. People were like, I don't know. I don't know where that is. I don't know where. Yeah, media- the bleachers. The bleachers I, is where you go. I don't know where media parking is. You know, I don't know where you have to go right now, sir. You know, I don't know what gate you have to get go into, you know? So, just, but listen, Andrew did you go to a, industry parking, because you're in the industry, and you go to the bleachers, and you watch the race, just well, like all the time. Andrew hooked it up. So, thanks, Weege, for hooking that up. I don't exactly know exactly what you said, but. Um, I used, because I, it's more of a Feld-type um, uh, partnership event than it ever was, uh, I used the same nomenclature that they used. I said, I had this guy, and all he does is talk shit. <laughs> Which right. was true. Right. You, that was true on Saturday morning. Right, right. He was actually. That was all you were doing. That was literally all you were doing was talking shit. 
Just trying to park my car, guys. Some of the phrases you were using were unbelievable. Just trying to park my car, guys. That's it. Just trying <laughs> to park a car. That's what I was trying to do. And so I apologize for demanding, being so demanding that I would like to park my car and get into the race. My bad. Your phrases were unbelievable. I stand by it. I mean, it's just... I'm not going back next year. It's done. I'm, 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 I'm done. Wait a minute. What? I got you in the Sorry, pit. Andrew. No. Andrew did a good job. Thank you, Andrew, but I'm out. I'm back out. I just. <laughs> Keepers you in. Had, you had the entire press box that is used for the Daytona 500. You <laughs> well, and Kyle, two yeah. humans, were the only people in that entire press box, and this was not good enough for you. It, what do I need to do? It was too high and too far away. <laughs> like, I, you know, it was okay. It was good. It was good. It was better than in years past, you know. But so what we need, what we need to do then? You've seen the spider cam at many of these supercrosses. Yeah, well, Ralph really We need really to build you a spider cam that you can ride on. Yeah. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. Steve Mathis in the spider cam, everybody. <laughs> I just. No, thank you to Andrew. It was nice. It was good. It was better than it has been. You know, obviously, a few years I had a sweet NFAB. Uh, Thomas at NFAB had a sweet, and that was pretty sweet. Um, I got Chase Dollow up there a couple times, and, and that was really good. That was in that 500 club building, right? That was, yep. like, perfect. But uh, just trying to cover a race, everybody. Just trying to cover a race, you know? So Well, you, you were handling it well. I'll give you a lot of credit for thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, guy, all he does is talk shit. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> so it. so, true. That's all he does. So yep. true. That's all he does. Um, <laughs> Every time I looked at my phone on Saturday morning, it was you bitching about something. Dude, I had no passes to go anywhere. <laughs> I, I was media. I couldn't go anywhere. And then. I, ne- I didn't run into this problem any any all day. I never had this problem. I was there. Yeah. The whole time. Well, I don't know, man. Wygant was with me. Wygant had passes for everything. I didn't keep trying to go into like super secret areas. I guess I don't. I don't know where you're trying to go. You can't go in Bill France's office, bro. I'm sorry. So where did you watch from? The bleachers, where I always watch from. The bleachers on pit row. Yes, where I've watched every time, every time I've ever been. It's unacceptable to me. <laughs> okay. It's unacceptable for me to be in those bleachers. Sorry. Call me. Call me a diva. Uh, all right. Um. Anything else, boys? Talk about Brayton again. Brayton won. That's a good. Yeah, we should get more into Brayton. I'd like to delve into that. <laughs> uh, yeah. we, we got an email um, uh, about this podcast a little while ago. I've been meaning to read it, but I haven't. So it says, uh, "Why is it the sport growing?" Well, the weekly podcast that is supposed to shed light on the recent race that week is now seemingly a pulpit. For Steve Mathis, good word, pulpit, by the way, uh, is seemingly a pulpit for Steve Mathis to assert how connected he is rather than recap the race with insider insight, experience, and opinion. I used to look forward to the podcast every week. There would be details about riders, teams, drama, and more that doesn't come through on the race broadcast, whetting my appetite to learn more about the sport I love. Then something changed. At some point, at some point, the podcast moved away from race reporting and becoming a boys' club for Steve Weege and JT. I valued the insights from JT as a former racer. I dug Weege's perspective with purview of understanding how this business of supercars works. Mathis used to provide great tidbits from the team trucks and his relationships with riders. 
Now it seems the trio is close is too close to be truly objective. I'm so disappointed that my favorite report aside from the race is pandering. I hope the podcast finds its way back to providing insightful, in- intentional, and informative recaps on the race and coming races. I'm done with my rant. Humbly submitted, Matt from Washington. Well, Matt, we're sorry. There was we're sorry that we used to talk about you know the races and our relationships and the insights and everything else, and apparently now we don't. I feel like nothing has changed myself, but Matt does. We want to get more insights by using the relationships that we have. But we don't want to hear about all the relationships that we have. <laughs> yes. I personally agreed with Matt. We're all idiots. Yeah. We <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the, 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 re- the race is a seemingly a pulpit for Mathis to assert how connected he is rather than recap the race with insider insight experience and opinion. Wouldn't I, have to be, wouldn't I have to be connected to have insider insight, experience, and opinion? So you want less connections but more insider insight. Right. Matt, I, just like that he used, I just like that he worked in pulpit. I like that he put, then something changed. Like us three got together. <laughs> us three got together. It was like, hey, listen, you guys. We, we are getting too close to the fire here on this point. We got to back away. Right? Look, I think I've proven with this Brayton win that I'm objectivity is my number one calling card. <laughs> Absolutely, I think if any show has ever proven Abs- that, right? Absolutely, and I think my, my <laughs> I mean, me myself, I mean, I've, you know, I've never really Since expressed. You literally much pioneered, opinion. like the, my, my whole Brayton thing. I'm literally just he is just my Timmy. Like you, you bulldozed the path. Yes, I did. Yeah, I feel like I did. Yeah, yeah. So, so objectivity. I don't know. I mean, probably. <laughs> Yeah. Look, we have to be multiple roles in this sport. That's what I always say. We have to be multiple roles. We, there's not enough reporters in this business, so we all have to fill many of the spots. So we are both uh, uh, we are both reporters, but also pundits, pundits, but also yep. trying to make it funny. It's hard to – definitely some blurring in the lines. Well, JT doesn't really go to other team trucks. I feel like JT – doesn't leave the Rocky Mountain KTM truck, and 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 then that's that's his only little home, and and that's. But we, you and I, have to like, and we got to go in all these trucks, you know. Well, well yeah, it's but not I'm not going over to anymore. I guess. Hold on, what? Not a great look for me to walk in with another team shirt on, right? <laughs> no, yeah, no, 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 I'm not coming down on you. I'm just saying that's how it kind of is. Like that's how it. So, you know, but we and I are like, we got to like, you know, I got to go see Marty. And Anderson. Yeah. You know? Oh, do you? Do you? Yamaha guys. Yeah. I, I got to go. So. Yeah. Yamaha guys. Believe me, uh, this weekend I heard nothing but a few few people call me part-time now. Now I'm part-time. I missed one race. Oh, now I'm part-time. <laughs> uh, Pike said it was lovely in Atlanta without me, and he hates to see my face at a race. That's his... <laughs> I think he dropped an f bomb in the middle of that. I'm not. I'm not. I'll leave that part out. But so, I don't know. Pike's Matt, pike. Matt, we're sorry, Matt. There's many other podcasts you can listen to with much more insight. I'm sure. Um, I shout, think Matt's on. Shout out to Tim Ferry for taking the last two bags of M and M's from the Cowie truck. I got there a little <laughs> late, and I was told that the candy bandit Tim Ferry had gotten there already. <laughs> so I was not too happy with him. I did not see him all day, but. But he, he did have my M&M's. So. 
His guy Lane Shaw made it. He did. Yeah, Lane did make it. And you know what was cool? I don't know what you did, JT, your first ever main event or anything. You probably don't even remember. Frank probably. Yep. I made uh, Daytona. It was Daytona. Okay. I made both both classes in the same day. But what I was going to say was, I don't. What did you wow. do? What did you do over the finish? Uh, probably took a deep breath because I had, yeah was racing well, both classes. Lane Shaw, did he make it out of the heat? I think out of the heat, yeah, right? Yeah, he did. He did like a triple warty fist pump, and that was awesome. Like he was so excited. Like that's cool, right? Like yeah, I like to see cool. that. And same with the Jackson guy. I don't know anything about this Richard Jackson dude. He won yep. the LCQ. Uh, I had him in fantasy. And uh, I was uh, huh? sorry, I was in the bleachers where you should have been, and Wayne Shaw's crew. I would assume his parents, yep. loved ones, extended family, friends. There was a there was a whole posse of them over there. And when Wayne Shaw made it, the whole race they were screaming. But yeah. when he made it, there was an eruption. And the only way I would know it, to describe it would be if at the same time you won the Powerball, you found out you were having your first child. Uh, and Brayton won. <laughs> right. Brayton won if you're weak. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, every good thing that you could possibly ever think about happened in your life happened all at one time. That's how these people responded. And in one one moment, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like seriously. Yeah. And then the other, I was like, "Good for them!" Like yeah. that, if that, yeah. they're that excited, like it obviously means a lot. So good for them. I was. I was it made me excited. For yeah. Them. I don't even know the kid. Yeah, Richard Jackson did like a very excited, you know, fist pump over the finish line. First ever main event for him. Lane Shaw did that, getting ninth in the heat or whatever. And uh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Uh, I, you'd be hard to press to be like, yeah, screw that guy or whatever, you know? Even me, talking shit on everybody. I still thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I kind of had to check myself because I was annoyed at first, like, with the screaming that was going on. <laughs> right, and I was like, right. you know what? They're obviously yeah. insanely excited. Like, this means a lot. And then I was pumped. Yeah. All right. Um, Weej, did you talk to your wife at all? I mean, did she congratulate you? Does she know anything about this? No, hasn't really been any any uh, communication um, <laughs> at all, which is par for the course. Yeah, okay. Just letting all those young kids out there know this is how it evolves real quick. This is the parent corner portion of the program. I used to land from the races. We'd be walking, like, toward baggage claim. would call my then-girlfriend, now-wife, be on the phone. We'd go through the rental car, line, get the car, drive, go to the hotel, still on the phone, go to the restaurant for dinner, still on the phone while oh, we're yeah. ordering food. I, I can vouch for all this. I can vouch for all yeah. of this. Yeah. Yeah, these are like two-and-a-half-hour phone calls. That was before there were kids. Now that there are kids, there is not even two-and-a-half minutes worth of phone calls. Right. Just nine days I'll be in Daytona. It's, I will barely – I probably won't have a single phone connection, maybe a few texts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but whatever. I got Brayden. I don't need her right now. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So, Webb, that, that's Webb's first podium of the year. He's getting better. He's going to give you better from here on out, I bet. Um, he's got, you know, he's feeling it. So, I yeah. think I think Webb is going to be really good from here on out each and every yep. week. And Craig is probably going to be better. Uh, starts and, you know, get more endurance and stuff. I, I told someone with a red shirt on that they should just leave Craig in the, in the 450 outdoor class as well. And I was told that that's, that's a good idea. And that may happen. So, um, stay tuned on that. I would imagine Sealy's injuries are yeah, yeah, not going to be quick to bounce back. No, no, I don't think so. Right, and if you're yeah. if you're Geico, you already got four guys. Right, we'd have to ask the Geico PR guy, but I think they have four guys. So, 
going outdoor well, riding with five is now McAdoo's out, but he'll be back by yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, no, he'll be back by. It's yeah. not serious, right? So yeah. Well, RJ, no, actually, well, RJ uh, Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. RJ's yeah. jacked. Yeah, yeah, man. Who knows? Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, sorry, Matt. We couldn't we couldn't meet your standards. Hopefully. Hopefully we keep trying each and every week. Well, JT doesn't sound like he wants to even try, but we... No, we, I'm good. We, I, I'm, me and Matt are fine. We each and I will keep trying. And uh, Daytona Supercross, congratulations. You still have the crown of the worst race of the year. Although, Andrew, thank you for all your help. I appreciate it. Um, thanks to Fly Racing for making this happen. Uh, Alpine Star Protection, as well as uh, Max's Tires, Jason Wygant. Jason Thomas, thanks, boys. See ya. Yeah. Brayton. <laughs> Brayton, bro. Hey, subscribe to the magazine. There oh. might be a uh, there might be a uh, yeah very significant cover coming soon. <laughs> oh, Celebrate! Did, did you get a did you get a conf- I mean, I would think that he would get one, right? Did confirmation was sent? Yeah, confirmation was sent. Right. Not to me. Oh, straight to the team manager. Wow. Yeah. 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 There we go. Celebrating yep. indeed. And, oh, you, yeah. and did you use that headline? I haven't checked the website out today. Like you need to use that headline. I cannot believe Mike Emery from Transworld uh, sees me in the press room, and he's like, oh, my God, Jason Thomas. He had the best line on Twitter. He tweeted, celebrating. And I'm like, dude, uh, that is good and all, but <laughs> that's been used for like nine that. years. I did not tweet that, but I did tell him because he's like, dude, I, I got I to gotta come up with something. And I was like, oh, celebrating. It's easy. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah. Solid, JT. Yeah, good, good, great, great work on that one, JT. Yeah, <laughs> Sticky on your feet, coming up with that. Yeah, that was awesome. We've only been using that for literally eight years. Well, no, that's what I like. I was like, make it was no big deal. Right. But he was like freaking yeah. out. Like I've heard it yeah. ten million times. Like whatever. Yeah. But it was such an easy one. <laughs> Celebrating, everybody! Happy Justin Brayton Day, everybody! Thanks for listening. Thanks, boys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosile Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. 
it was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did, everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.